The Athletic. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! Which 33% of the phrase FA Cup final should we be emphasising? A philosophical battle in goal, a roller coaster of cup fortunes in defence? Can a player be Mr. FA Cup? Tim Lovejoy's cup final moment of hubris, embarrassment, and then hubris again? Roy Cfax Eason Doe and one bastard to keep them all in line. Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés and the Pure FA Cup 11. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 161 of Football Clichés. I'm Adam Hurry, alongside me once again is Charlie Eccleshare. How are you doing? Good, how are you? Yeah, I'm alright. A, a slight spreadsheet mix-up. Oh wow. I should, I should reveal... Uh, this isn't actually your 100th appearance, it's your 99th again. Ah, I'm just Sorry. stuck on 99. <laughs> just can't, can't get that century. Just, I know, uh, I'm devastated. I was going to let you do the intro. I was going to let you do the intro and everything. I was going to let you lead the podcast out the tunnel. Oh, man. Um, well, maybe that will, you know, it, it, this will happen eventually, won't it? Yeah, I hope so. Uh, I feel bad that you've turned up to the Zoom in a nice suit with a big flower on it now. Yeah, that ugh, had it dry cleaned and everything. Um, this, this is like, I feel like there are... Well, I guess it's a, like Pele, there's always that debate, isn't there? Not that I'm comparing myself to Pele, but, um, you know, how many goals did he actually score? Or, yeah. you know, does Charity Shield count as a goal or an appearance? So, um, mm. you know, maybe it's fitting. Yeah, uh, I, I should add, it's not the uh, creator of the spreadsheet's uh, fault, it's mine. Alongside you for this one, his 22nd appearance. 22nd? Wow. They eating. fly by. And who does that put him England cap equivalent with? <laughs> Who would you guess, Jack? Who's who's around twenty two? He's got twenty two caps for England. Yeah. Um, I would. Hasn't Michael Carrick got something like that? Bizarrely, like a bizarrely um, low number. Twenty two caps. Puts you Hargreaves would he be around there? He must. Gary have Pallister. Ah. Lee Dixon. Darius Vassell. Oh, what a player! Ah. Great players. That's perfect. That's perfect yeah, for you. Three legends. Yeah, you are quite Vaselli because we bring you in when we need you, not because we're short yeah. of options, but because we think you can do a very specific job. Yeah, uh, that gives me the image of uh, me coming on for me coming on in the uh, in the Euros against Portugal and ruining mm. it by being rubbish <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> after after an early injury. What is the potential for that? <laughs> Why um, didn't they bring on Joe Cole? <laughs> uh, yeah, Nick Miller wasn't available, uh, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, before we get stuck into what could be a potentially very straightforward task for us ahead of the showpiece event this weekend, let's do a little adjudication panel, please. Um, Manchester City have announced the signing of Erling Haaland. He'll be arriving at the Etihad this summer. Jack, is he the final piece of the jigsaw? He could be the most final piece of the jigsaw player I've ever seen. I think he has to be, although it's weird to... We're, we're in unprecedented ground here in the sense that a team which is about to probably about to win its fourth Premier League out of 
five seasons can yet can still be described as an uncompleted jigsaw. <laughs> and yet, I, I can't think of another example of a, te- of a team that good adding a player that big who is meant to be the final step. I remember that the first time I ever heard this expression, and it, you, you, know, you always remember the first time this sort of thing, and it, and it didn't yeah. prove to be it. But it was so final piece in the jigsaw. It were, The year was 97 and Liverpool were the Spice Boys and they were soft. They just needed a hard man, someone with a bit of presence. Oh, okay. And they signed Paul Ince and it was, that was going to take them over the line. They were going oh, to win the league. Midfield. Be- because they had the, gov- the governor had arrived oh, yeah. and he was going to sort it one. all out. Um, but it oh. didn't come to pass in the end. So it's not, it's, you, Charlie, you don't think that it's traditionally a striker-centric thing? Well, I think it, it often can be a strike because that's the most obvious, isn't it? You're a team that doesn't score enough goals. But in that case, there was so clearly an issue with a lack of presence and attitude that that was the final piece in that particular okay. jigsaw. Yeah, I or like Alisson and Van Dijk. I was going to say, Alisson, yeah, they, I was yeah, going to say exactly were. that. A rare defensive mm. defensive double final piece. The first piece, what? just doing a jigsaw backwards <laughs> yeah. and getting, getting the first piece in first. Nothing wrong with doing it, which, whichever strategy suits. Um, okay, now we've established that. Charlie, now the cat is out of the bag in terms of this deal. What is the new worst-kept secret in football? Ooh, <laughs> That's a really good question. I mean, Jesus leaving City, maybe going to Arsenal, or I mean, th- th- that feels pretty. Kind of implies kept. you've got inside knowledge now. You've got to be careful, <laughs> haven't you? Yeah, no, that's that's just what um, I read from from David Ornstein. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I would say that that doesn't sound big enough to be yeah. worst kept secret in football league. What about Mbappe? I think this might be Mbappe to Madrid yeah. that's got to be the worst kept secret in football that's been it? terribly kept for a long time <laughs> unkept <laughs> really bit... badly kept secret. Was... what a book idea that is <laughs> everyone's just told their friends and it's spread mm. very quickly um, speaking of uh, long running sagas um, after Liverpool got the job done just about at Villa Park on Tuesday night I'm delighted to say that for this season at least and hopefully longer Steven Gerrard doesn't have to do this anymore in terms of Liverpool, again, I don't think this press conference should be about any other club but Aston Villa. Listen, when the whistle goes, I've got 90 minutes to represent Aston Villa and to try and win the game. That's my job, that's what I'm paid to do, and that's my main focus. My job is to win games for Aston Villa. Um, it's a wonderful game for for everyone to watch at the weekend, but um, my priority is Aston Villa v Tottenham. My full focus is on that game. Um, for me, it was about the first whistle and really focusing on the job I had to do here. That next stop, Liverpool. Any sentimental thoughts in your head? None. None at all. Just want to go there and try and win and uh, try and take what we can. Um, I'm not going to go there because my focus and my priority right here is Aston Villa. I've tried on both occasions just to keep me focused on Aston Villa. Try and win the game and that's my only main focus. Um, tried to focus on Aston Villa to make sure that was the priority. A rare example of a montage that goes on longer and better than I actually expected. Jack, surely the patience now must be... Need to be. I feel like there needs to be kind of like a secret briefing between Gerard and every single journalist in the UK to say we don't need to do this anymore. We will play them at least twice a year. That that's this is going to happen. I don't think so because I think he enjoys it. I <laughs> no, I don't en- think he does. I, I, do you not think? I think he no. enjoys getting to like be the ultra professional. The the amazing thing li- listening to that back was every single time I expected him to say Aston Villa Football Club, mm. and yet we didn't get a single mm, football club. Not out of six. Six yeah. times Aston Villa, no Aston Villa Football Club. Yeah. Or even this football club. 
This yeah. football club, yeah. I think he stopped I love football clubbing football straight club. after his unveiling and then it just became Aston Villa. Um, um, I mean, <laughs> Got it all out the way on his debut sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I think because Frank Lampard is still football clubbing Everton, but because they've got such a short name, I think it kind of lends itself to it. Whereas Aston Villa Football Club sounds too long and therefore brings on too much earnestness. Yeah, that's why I think the opportunity was really there for, for this football club. But, okay. I, but I do kind of agree with Jack that I there is something... There is a glint in his eyes slightly about it. Yeah, because what the, the, the silly thing with it is, is that I don't find it that... Like, of course he just wants to win for Villa. Like, he's, he's uber professional and dedicated... Mm. I, I almost think he'd want to win more because he he would so love to show them that he's good and that he's you know a really top class manager. So I so I think it is quite a nice opportunity for him to to say yeah I'm absolutely dedicated. I'm just about winning and I don't care about the sentimental stuff, which I'm sure is true to a large extent. Maybe Jack. One reason why he might want this to continue is is, is I guess that it's a strand of questioning that he'll never ever lose control of. Like he's never going to get rattled by a question about winning against Liverpool. So it's a good 45 seconds of every interview slash press conference that he can basically control and just trot out the same line again and, and do it in a really Gerardy way, which is just to kind of make it very clear that everything is okay above board. Yeah, completely. Like the one thing that managers always want is questions which they expect are coming and they don't want to be caught off guard. Whereas this is like the most predictable question of all time. <laughs> and like I said, I do think he enjoys it because I think it gets to reinforce his like self-image of like, I am Mr. Competitive, I'm Mr. Professional. Yeah. I you know, I, I'm incredibly serious about the work that I'm doing here. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Well, long may it continue then. Um look forward to his next prediction of his reception at Anfield. Um, should be a good one. Easy one for us next, Charlie. Uh, Popmaster this morning. Um, please rate this one out of 10. And uh, you're a Leeds United supporter, yes? I am indeed, for all my sins, Ken. I'm, uh, I'm going along tonight, actually, to see us play Chelsea, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know what. You never know. It might happen. It might happen. We're, we're living out. <laughs> right. Almost went too far, Charlie, with two things, saying all for all my sins. All my sins. sins. Um, just Interesting. Just a sort of catalogue of it. And, mm. then, and then, unfortunately, yes, I've got to go and bloody watch my bloody yeah. team again. Yeah, I quite like that as an added flourish of that genre of the, you know, the long-suffering fan. And I'll be there tonight, unfortunately. But, yeah, but, um, but Jack, at what point does the kind of parodical doing this kind of, you know, against all will become, just don't bother, mate. And also, I can very much imagine this guy saying, something along the lines of but but we wouldn't have it any other way <laughs> we, you know, uh, we don't enjoy a minute of it but that's <laughs> leads for you big time right let's do this today's task is the pure fa cup 11 ahead of the final on saturday this is a pretty straightforward thing charlie um most of our 11s are very vibe based this might have to be a bit more factual do you think yeah i, I mean th- th- you know it's hard to make a case for someone being very fa cuppy if they've done nothing of note in the fa cup though there were, there were a couple of tangents that I think we can potentially go off, away from just the kind of FA Cup heroes or those who have gone down in FA Cup infamy. But yeah, that's probably the bread and butter of it. I'd say the, the broad task here, Jack, is to make sure that we tick every FA Cup box, not just about finals, but about the competition as a whole. So let, let's try and kind of sum up why the, all these players kind of encapsulate their particular strand of the magic of the FA Cup. So so let's exchange our pendants and it's time for the mm-hmm. traditional FA Cup pre-match song. What a life!
Cardiff to me, Dave, in Wembley. The roof's on. Magic. I didn't know about didn't know about this, Dave. That's brilliant. Thank you. Thank you for this. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I've got the FA Cup coursing through my veins. But I have one final thing to ask you before we get stuck into this. A question, Charlie, that you might feel is unnecessary, too nuanced for this. But the more you think about it, the more you're going to start doubting yourself. My question to you is, ahead of this showpiece game on Saturday, which bit of the three words do you emphasise in its name? I'm now massively doubting myself. Um... Just say it out loud. Yeah, where are you going to watch the FA Cup final? So it's so you're emphasising cup a bit there. FA Cup final. Yeah, I think so. I think that sounds better than the FA Cup final <laughs> or the FA Cup final. Yeah, I think I'd say, where are you watching the FA Cup final? All of them have their merits. I mean, Jack, if I said to you, oh, did you manage to get a ticket for the FA Cup final? Yeah, that'd be weird. Although mm. people don't often say FA Cup final. They say cup final as mm. meaning FA Cup final. final. Yeah, cup yeah, final is much easier final. to say. FA Cup final is actually kind of harder to say. So I um, probably wouldn't say FA Cup final. I'd just leave it assumed that I wasn't going to, you know, the whatever other cup finals that are happening this weekend. Uh, but you're happy with FA Cup final? FA, yeah, FA Cup final sounds a bit more, you know, BBC, Grandstand. I ran a poll on this in back in 2018. I don't know if the uh, consensus <laughs> has changed since then. The landscape may have shifted. But 44.1% of people said it was FA Cup final. 272 went for FA Cup final, which I think is actually probably right. And uh, the remaining 287 went for FA Cup final, which is... <laughs> That's that's um, weird. Maybe there's a bit maybe there's a bit of a grey area in between all of those, but FA Cup final is indeed the most commonly accepted emphasis, it seems. So, in our team of pure FA Cup men, let's kick off in goal. I thought this would be tricky, and then I then then it instantly dawned on me that there are so many standout candidates here. Let's kick off Charlie with with Jim Montgomery from the 1973 final, with one of the most absurd saves I've ever seen. He's right up there as a candidate. Yeah, he he's one of them. Dave Bessant was mm instantly who came to my mind is he still the only keeper to have saved a penalty in a FA Cup final yeah it does feel like one of those records that was proudly held and then has probably been broken in those years that no one can remember when the finalists were by which I mean the last 10 I really <laughs> yeah. hope that's still I really hope that's still the but case yeah he was certainly the first wasn't he yeah. and um, very much synonymous with that FA Cup victory for a team that was incredibly FA Cup yeah, okay. I mean you know the, the crazy gang Beating the culture club, as, as John Watson put it. So he, him and then Bert Troutman is the other one. He came to mind as a famous FA Cup story. Jack, I, f- I have to say, Bert Troutman, it's hard to look past the great man. It was when I was thinking about this that I realised I wasn't quite sure exactly what direction to go in because I found myself torn between Bert Troutman and I think the greatest FA Cup story of recent years, Wayne Shaw. <laughs> the Sutton, ah, United, great Sutton United, Not, not yeah. the Sutton United goalkeeper, mm. the Sutton United substitute goalkeeper. Yeah. Uh, it was, of course, Ross Warner in gold for Sutton United that day. <laughs> uh, who... One of the most genuinely forgotten figures in FA Cup yeah. history. Yeah, wow. Played for Havant and Waterlooville now, and an FA Cup giant themselves. Yeah. Uh, I think that 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 was an amazing story because it just really underlined the you know how something which is meant to be romantic and fun and unlikely can you know can just basically get ruined by football's relationship with the gambling industry and crass commercialisation. So I thought the Wayne Shaw story was a great, great, great God, story. that is. That's like a parable for our yeah. times. Um, and I can't choose. Wayne Shaw, Bert Troutman, Wayne Shaw, Bert Troutman is tough. Well, I mean, I was about to say, before you embarked on your 
genuinely quite fulfilling and logical explanation for Wayne Shaw and and defence for picking him for this team. I thought, oh, this is going to define which path we go down with this team. Do we have legendary heroic figure with broken neck or do we have pie-eating comedy figure? Um, well, for, we want- fortunately, Wayne, I mean... Given that Wayne Shaw was the sub keeper, you could always have Bert Troutman in goal and Wayne Shaw on the bench eating his pie in the Wembley dugout. <laughs> and making a lot of money. I mean, but but I think, Adam, it's fine to have a mixture, no? That some... I think that's more interesting that the team isn't purely kind of FA Cup. You know, we don't, we don't want it purely to be an eleven who would feature on the BBC's, you know, FA Cup icons. This is hugely important. It's hugely important that we do not skirt too close to becoming match of the day top tens. It's, yeah, this is exactly. Huge Maybe Wayne Shaw is the I, way to go here purely for that reason. What do you think? I think so because I and because then there'll, there'll be plenty of scope for you know those Troutman Bessant style characters. Yeah, but I agree. I think uh, I think Shaw's a great shout. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, Jack's Jack's um, cross-sectional explanation of it really does hit home. Wayne Shaw is our goalkeeper. Apologies to all the other true heroes of the FA Cup finals <laughs> of your. Um, over to right back. Anybody got any right backs? I've got one. It's tenuous. I've Gary Charles, because he was the guy in the 91 Cup final who Gaza tore his knee ligaments fouling, mm. wasn't he? So that, that's, uh, and that's one of those hugely significant moments in football history um, and the FA Cup's history. And yeah, I, that, that was the first right back that came to my mind. Uh, yeah, that's all I've got, Jack, Gary Charles. Um, I mean, we're doing him a slight disservice in the grand scheme of his career, but he was a useful FA Cup prop, uh, for want of a better word. So um, do we have any advance on Gary I Charles? I don't have an advance. I don't have a specialist right back in my team. I struggled a bit with, with defenders for this. So I think Gary Charles is a great suggestion. Yeah, well, we weren't the only ones to suggest it. So Gary Charles is our right back. Let's, let's go over to left back, which I think... We have two possible options from my perspective. We either have Ashley Cole, a seven-time winner, sincerely feels like we can't ignore the fact that he's won the FA Cup more times than everybody else. Alternatively, we could go for Dave Whelan, who uh, Ah, broke his leg. You may have heard in the (sighs) 1960 final. And um, I've touched upon this story before, Charlie. Um, but the the rumour that goes around is that his leg was broken by Cat Dealey's granddad, Norman yes. Dealey. Um, I remember hearing you say this before. Yeah. So I wanted to try and get to the bottom of this once and for all. It seems like a it seems like an apocryphal tale. But um, I've gone. Please to a, tell me you reached out to Cat Dealey in the process. No, I've gone to an even more reliable source. I googled it, and the first thing that came up was a um, was a highly regarded online forum UK Airshow Review <laughs> on which Spiny Norman asks whether Cat Dealey's granddad was the one who broke Dave Whelan's leg in the 1960 final. It gets into some seriously deep genealogy chat because it's all about first cousins and that sort of stuff. But right at the bottom, someone says, Eric B123 says, if Norman was a cousin of Howard and Howard was <laughs> Cat Dealey's dad, then that makes Cat the second cousin, or first cousin once removed. So they are related, it would seem. Cat Dealey's wow. relative broke Dave Whelan's leg, according to UK Airshow Review Forum, in association with Squadron Prince Aviation. <laughs> I mean, that could be grim reading for Ashley Cole. I mean, I do think Ashley Cole is a good type of person to have, because he kind of represents the modern 
FA Cup in lots of ways in that it's no longer really about lesser fancy teams winning it's more teams like Chelsea you know the biggest teams tend to win it and Chelsea have become as I've said before this deluxe FA Cup uh, this deluxe cup team who less so when he was there I guess because they were still winning leagues but they've become Chelsea have become very like FA Cuppy so that's a tricky one again it slightly depends on the path we want to go down I mean maybe given we've overlooked Troutman we should have one kind of heroic injury story I know Dep- but depends depends the makeup of the rest of the squad I guess I think people are expecting Ashley Cole Jack and, and as Charlie kind of rightly points out he sums up a, a tricky era for the FA Cup but he, and he, but he also seems like a player who seems to be constantly asked what does the FA Cup mean what did it mean what does it mean to you to have won it so many times and uh, he gives a very, very sort of diplomatic FA Cup-y answer every time so Ashley Cole really does feel like the talisman for this particular era yeah so I, I've got Cole I had Cole written down on my team but the question I was asking myself was is he too good to be in this team no 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 no, no don't, because... I don't think it's I don't think that's a factor this time I have to say because what you could say though is that Cole is not even though Cole has won seven FA Cups he's not famous you know, if you ask people what Cole's famous for, okay. you'd say he was brilliant at Arsenal, went to Chelsea under you know pretty controversial or unpopular circumstances, was really good for Chelsea, was brilliant for England, England's best ever left back, sensational in the Euros, had great World Cups. Like the fact that he had he was so the fact that he was so successful in the FA Cup would come like seventh or eighth if you were to list things which Ashley Cole's famous this is for. True. So that might be an argument against having him in the team because okay. he's not known as an FA Cup guy, but I can't think of anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> what a final, what a sign-off for that for that um, stating of your case. Given the lineup so far, I feel like I'm going to have to go for Ashley Cole. The FA Cup might not be significant for him, but he's significant for the FA Cup. And that's all that clinches it for me. So let's go over to our centre-halves. First up, Charlie. There's so many ways we could approach this, but first up, given that I can't really think of centre-halves who've dominated FA Cup finals, which is the most visible point of the competition, we're going to have to go a little bit further back. And that makes me think of Wayne Hatswell, scorer of, I think, the, one of the greatest own goals of all time, perhaps even the greatest, in an FA Cup first round defeat for Forrest Green at home to Morecambe back in 2000. The left foot hoof into the top right corner where the owl was unexpectedly sleeping. Ha- having a kip, not expecting to be disturbed there. Yeah, 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 that is, that is a legendary one. I mean, that's very much in the Hall of Infamy, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's quite good in that it's someone who is known for nothing else. Uh, someone else who I think is known for very little else and is quite an FA Cup overcoming adversity story is Andy Linegan, mm. who the you know he was like a third or fourth choice Arsenal centre back, never really had a moment of note before or after, and I think he broke his nose in that game or something. There was some sort of injury okay, and he helps. staggered on and scored a 120th minute goal winner in the replay. And, in the replay, indeed, yeah. Well, replay's um, a nice little touch as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Back when, uh, and you know, those those games that would just feel so long yeah. that went to extra time on that huge pitch and the players are <laughs> dropping like flies and up pops Andy Linegan with his broken nose. That's so listener real Tom H agrees with you. Jack, how do you feel about centre-halves here? Yeah, I think Andy Linegan's a really good one. So I was thinking, I haven't got anybody who from the kind of Hatswell school it's more people, you know, more recent and more like final oriented guys. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking maybe having the two ones that stood out to me were that are more modern would be Stefan Honcho. 
simply because the I, think he, I think his handball in the 2001 Cup final, just before, uh, which obviously led on to Michael Owen scoring those two goals and winning it for Liverpool. That's a great FA Cup moment. That's a, it's, it's also a classic pre-VAR moment. I know he was good for Liverpool for a, a long time. I can't remember any specific other incident involving Stefan Honcho apart from that handball. <laughs> so I quite mm. like that one. I also quite like Per Mertesacker on the basis of the kind of, you know, he, he more than anyone else represents that like, you know, the last decade of the FA Cup. He won it three times. He was the last defender to score in an FA Cup final. Okay. Uh, in 2015 against Aston Villa. So I was thinking maybe him, or maybe if you wanted somebody slightly more traditional, uh, Gary Mabbott. Oh. Hero of, hero of 1980, hero from 1991, sorry, but in 1987 obviously scored scored an own goal on the way to Coventry City winning it, which is one of the last great kind of non-elite FA Cup wins of the sort of... FA Cup dominant era. I quite like the sound of Mabbott, and I think that edge his his sort of roller coaster FA Cup fortunes perhaps edges him ahead of Linnigan for me. When you bear in mind the mid eighties to early nineties golden era of FA Cup finals, I think I'm going to I'm happy with Gary Mabbott. I have him in as our serious, sincere option. And I offer you two more left field choices. Mike Bailey writes in and says it would be remiss to ignore the dominance of public schools in the early years of the FA Cup. So I propose tough tackling. Lord Arthur Kinnaird, who played in a record-breaking nine finals for Wanderers and Old Etonians, definite captain material and primed for a royal handshake. We do need a little bit of flavour of the early years, don't we, Jack? Yeah, we do. I actually don't have anyone in here from, you know, from the good old days of, um, you know, expensive schools and universities winning it. But just because those kind of names are not really that familiar, like Fatty Folks, I couldn't tell you which, which, I know the name, but I couldn't tell you which FA Cups he won or even wasn't. Did he even win the FA Cup? Is that is that a kind of, uh, a, like a problem on his record? You know, it's like Harry Kane, he never... Um, Wayne Shaw's uh, inspiration, presumably. Yeah, um, did Fatty Folks ever win anything? FA Cup twice re- winner, 1899 and 1902. Show us your medals. Yeah, very much Fatty. So. thing is with Kinnaird, he played in every position, from goalkeeper to striker. Uh, and in the 1877 final, he suffered the indignity of scoring the first own goal in football history, or the most significant own goal in, in football history, accidentally stepping wow. backwards over his own goal line after catching a shot from an Oxford University forward. Mm. So he's in that the bloopers got... reel as well. He sounds pretty He's pretty good credentials. Mm. Probably the, f- the oldest player, Charlie, to have a playing style section on his Wikipedia page. Um, he was renowned as perhaps the toughest tackler of his day, giving rise to the probably apocryphal story that his wife once expressed the fear that he would come home one day with a broken leg. And a friend is said to have responded, you must not worry. <laughs> Let me continue. I'm oh, sorry. A friend is said to have responded, you must not worry, madam. If he does, it will not be his own. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he was fond of hacking his opponents, apparently. The um, bite your legs off. Yeah. Of his Norman Hunter. Uh, him going on, on to become an, an FA kind of administrator as well. He died yeah, just got, before got... the opening of Wembley Stadium as well in 1923. Shame. Get him in the team. He sounds great. Lord Arthur Kinnaird. I I do want this kind of old flavour. Also, that's brilliant to then go from that all the way to 2017 and Wayne Shaw. <laughs> yeah, imagine them. Imagine them in the tunnel beforehand, geeing each other up. The only other option I had, kind of, kind of obdurate Jack, someone who would who'd be able to stem the tide if if things were getting a little bit hairy and maybe in the latter stages. What about Billy the Horse from the 1923 FA Cup final? The White Horse. You'd have him at centre yeah. Wouldn't you want to take advantage of his of his speed on the wings? Uh, I don't think that was what he was notable for. I think he was just a sturdy presence. But do you know what? He wasn't even white. He was grey, Charlie. He was a grey horse. It was a myth. 
No, no, let's let's not be um, silly about this. Uh, let's go with... That's too gimmicky, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Let, let's partner Gary Mebbett with Arthur Kinnaird, a man who tasted every flavour of the early FA Cup year. So, this is our, so that's our back line sorted. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Oh, look at that! That is wonderful! Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is Football Clichés. Let's go into the midfield where things can get a little bit more adventurous, a little bit tastier. Give you some names first, or Charlie, Ricky Villa, Mickey Thomas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there, there are a lot of uh, possibilities here, aren't there? I mean, more modern Aaron Ramsey, mm. and t- two uh, FA Cup final winning goals, and the sort of the man for the big occasion type characters. Charlie, since we're going for four generic midfielders of, of any description, really, um, I feel like we can have one each, and then we'll, we'll try and find one that we all agree on. So, Charlie, you can you can nominate your first midfielder. As long as it's not too an egregious choice, we'll go with it. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go Aaron Ramsey. Okay. To, to have a, a modern spin on it. I mean, there there are a lot of potential midfielders. I think. Okay. Jack, talk me through the most FA Cuppy midfielder in your head. I think, given that we don't have Trailman, I do think we should probably have uh, Stanley Matthews. Right. Having an FA Cup final named after you is amazing. Mm-hmm. The Matthews final, nineteen fifty three final, when Blackpool beat Bolton. Um, that's really really cool. I you know there's not many, there's only a handful of other players. Trailman's actually one of them to who who would have that that honor. I think. Oh, really. I think. Well, how many other players have got like how many other finals are known as the, the, the player name final? I'm trying to the think Callum of the Callum McManaman final, final of 2013. The Gerard. The Gerard final. Gerard 06 is probably the last one where if somebody said the Gerard final, you would know what FA Cup final you meant. I agree. They meant. I don't think there's been one since. Mm. And I actually can't think of many that many more from our lifetimes that would get that. Like, if so, would people actually call the 2001 final the Michael Owen final? <laughs> Maybe what's, a they might. Push? What's I the think most they might. tenuous player X final we can think of? Uh, Callum McManaman, 2013. <laughs> that he, he, I think he was man of the match, wasn't he, Jack against City in that yeah, final? Yeah, Ben and he, and he scored the winner. Yeah, and he was really good. But the idea of calling it that final. is absurd. Got the DVD cover, couldn't it? Definitely. I really like. I really like the idea of it. There was some. Shouts for Callum McManaman in, in this team, yeah. I have to say. Yeah. But uh, still playing for Tramway Rovers. Yeah, Di Matteo. I mean, he got didn't he get two goals in the FA Cup final? Yeah. Didn't he get the winner in two thousand as well as that really early one in ninety seven? Yeah, what about Ray Parler two thousand two? Would you describe that as the Ray Parler final? Maybe. Or the Tim Lovejoy final. Tim Lovejoy Ray Parler final. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's dig into this. I mean, I'm uncomfortable with having Aaron Ramsey and Ray Parler in this team just for variety purposes. But let's, oh yeah, let, no, you can't have them both. Let's in. dig into the Ray Parler credentials here because I think he might be he might well usurp Ramsey here because that final was notable for the nadir of the Sky Sports fan zone gimmick. It pitted mm. together Bradley Walsh, who won Best Dramatic Performance at the British Soap Awards in 2006, versus Chelsea fan Tim Lovejoy who, of course, was the 49th most eligible bachelor in Britain, according to the Daily Telegraph 2009. Um, So two huge heavyweights in British (laughs) culture. And uh, it resulted in one of the underrated moments of uh, schadenfreude in FA Cup history. Who have you got on your bench? Because you need to bring on someone, don't you? Oh, no, he's putting through. Oh, that is the goal of the season! Oh. That is the 
is a goal! That is Ray Parler! He has done it all season! He's one of the only players in the Arsenal squad that will shoot from outside of the area! It's 1-0 Arsenal! Chelsea, where are you? Charlie, imagine not only having a very risky prediction thrown back in your face, but by Bradley Walsh in the mid-2000s. It must be almost exactly 20 years. I think 20-year anniversary is probably just past of this. I mean, this is such a big moment that maybe Ray Parler should come into the team. I mean, it's only Ray Parler. That was what he called his... It's only Ray Parler's autobiography. It's the only Uh, Ray Parler final, isn't it? He never scored another goal for Arsenal. It's just... There's something so... He never scored another goal for Arsenal? No, he left two years later. Oh, sorry, I see what you mean. He didn't score any other goals for Arsenal. Sorry. It just felt like the crowning moment of his career, but also of Tim Lovejoy... Of his own Chardon, of his own sorry hubris, you know he he was the he was the kind of puppet master of British footy lad culture, and he thought he could do no wrong, and then here he was getting his comeuppance in the most amusing way possible. Um, but Jack, that there is another layer to this scene because perhaps only Tim Lovejoy could turn this around into his favour, turning embarrassment into self celebration. Uh, this is a passage from his. Um, well-known book. Uh, This is what it says. As I walked into the players' lounge, the Sky presenter Richard Keyes came up to me and said, it's only Ray Parler, Tim. Then Alan Shearer comes over. Don't worry, Tim, he says. It's only Ray Parler. Then it's George Graham's turn. It's only Ray Parler, Tim. Suddenly, this one throwaway comment got out of control. Everywhere I went, complete strangers were just coming up to me saying, hey, Tim, it's only Ray Parler. It's only Ray Parler. So it's almost turned it into a boast. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think he's... You know, I know Tim a bit, and I think being part of um, being, you know, being bantered by important people from within the world of football is not something that he minds. It's something I think he's very on board with being, you know, having shared jokes with big guys from the football world. So I think for him, the kind of immediate embarrassment of it is probably outweighed by the fact by the kind of layers and layers it adds to his own kind of mythos. Okay. Um, oh, well, that, that seals the deal then. Um, the Tim Lovejoy-enhanced Ray Parler 2002 final seals the Arsenal man's inclusion in this. So we need two more midfielders alongside Ray Parler and Stanley Matthews. Dave O'Leary writes in, Charlie, and says two words, Dennis Wise. <laughs> Interesting. He, yeah, he, he, was, he was very, very FA cup for a while. At that time where Chelsea were a very uh, FA Cup team, Um and he did just seem to pop up every year. And, I get, and, I, and he's got the crazy gang yep. on his CV as well. And I believe, Jack, he pioneered the practice of carrying one small child with them during a post-trophy celebration. Oh, really? So I do, didn't know that. I do remember that, a kid having yeah. Wise on the back of his shirt. I think that kid now plays for Watford. Really? Henry oh, Wise. Wow. It's either him well, it's or Laurie Sanchez, because... so which one are we having? Yeah, I've got Sanchez written down here because Sanchez... You know, not only scoring the winner for Wimbledon in the 88 final, but also managing Wickham to the semis in 2001 yeah. could arguably make him or one of the ultimate FA Cup men. Sorry. <laughs> An ultimate FA yeah. Cup man. Yeah. yeah, let's have Laurie Sanchez over Wisey, shall we? We've got guys like uh, Mickey Thomas, haven't we, still? Yeah. to that, that, that moment, that is a real... I mean, that is a bit BBC Match the Day Top 10, but to be fair, it was... Clearly an amazing moment, that free kick he scored against Arsenal in, whenever it was, 1990? Yeah. 92? 92, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. A, a good moment. But it, but Charlie, it's not Ronnie Radford, is it? It's not Ronnie Radford. Um, no, it's uh, not. Please, um, I'm going to do this off the top of my head. Um, I haven't exercised these mental muscles for a while, but I'm going to see if I can um, perform the Ronnie Radford commentary from start to finish. 
Um, please excuse any minor errors. Here I go. Lee Radford. This is Ronnie Radford. To Addison. Tyler now. Tyler Good now. ball. Out by Natras. Out by Natras. This is George the substitute. Turning this is well. George the substitute. Oh, turning well. Malinder. Malinder. Meadows heading it on. Just spirit by this Hereford side. Tremendous spirit by in any this Hereford means. side. They're not giving this Radford. up by any means. Radford. Now Tudor's gone down for Newcastle. Now Tudor's gone down Radford for again. Newcastle. Oh, what a goal. Again. What a goal. Oh, Radford the scorer, Radford Ronnie Radford, scorer. and Radford. the crowd, the crowd have invaded the pitch, and now it might take some time to clear the field, tremendous shot by Radford, inside the penalty area, and no goalkeeper in the world would have stopped that, it fairly flew into the top corner of McFall's net. Amazing. Uh, that was about 95% was correct, so wasn't it? Very, very Thank good. Thank you to Childhood uh, Video 101 Great Goals. It is amazing, isn't it? Those things that are just imprinted on your mind from watching those VHSs over and over again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that yeah, that has to secure his inclusion in this team. I mean, that is I, I, I one would of go the as, moments. I would go as far to say that not only should he be in this team, Jack, he is Mr. FA Cup. If anyone I is, think, it's wow. Ronnie Radford. Mr. FA Cup. I think so. Given what we were saying earlier about how ideally we want players who are not really famous for anything else. Yeah. I mean, you know, like Stanley Matthews, Bert Troutman, Gary Mabbott, Ray Parler. A lot, you know, these guys had great careers. Even if, even if they hadn't played a single game in the FA Cup, they would still have been great players. I agree. I agree. Um, so I reckon it is. Yeah, if we don't have Ronnie Radford, I'm not playing. Um, hmm. Let's go up front. We got two strikers to pick. Charlie, Keith Houchen, Didier Drogba, Tim Bazaglo, Roy E. Sando. The bones yeah. out of I mean, Roy E. Sando feels... I think he's hard to overlook. It's just the most classic FA Cup story. Mm. Um, What's the best part of it for you? What makes it most FA Cup-y? What very specific element of the story makes it most FA Cup? C-Fax? <laughs> I mean, wasn't that... Not scoring in the FA Cup. He... C-Fax. Well, the fact that it came from it was a C, it was he was like a CFAX signing, yeah. wasn't he? The, the the idea of an amateur going on and you know living out all our dreams because that's always the one where we were kids anyway. I don't know if it's the youth of today or the same, but it's all you know scoring in the FA Cup final was always the uh, the ultimate. And I know it wasn't the FA Cup final, but doing that and I mean because what it was a quarter final. It was two thousand and one, wasn't it? And it was the Wickham team managed by Laurie Sanchez, yeah. who, as you say, who we mentioned before. And he scored, what, the winner? Was it away at Leicester? Mm. Who were a Premier League team yeah. at the time? I mean, Well, if anyone knows how to get the best out of Roy and it would be Laurie Sanchez in this team. So good to have them exactly. alongside mm. each other. Oh, yes, this, this was a great um, FA Cup moment, Jack. This was Laurie Sanchez watching from the dressing room on that tiny little telly mm. that, in that Amazing. sweaty little room at Filbert Street. Um, that, that tops it off for me. Yeah, one of the things I, I love about this is because of when it happened in 2001, it's obviously a, a little, a, you know, different technological era, as with as with the TV. And I was reading the BBC Match Report on this earlier, and he was he was and he wasn't a CFAX signing. Like he his agent saw a piece on CFAX seeing seeing Wickham need a new striker, but that was after Wickham had initially posted it on their club website. 
which I'm sure, you know, back in 2001, a lower league club having a club website was like an amazing thing to have. It'd be like, you know, it'd be like an Isthmian town, sorry, Isthmian league team now having NFTs or whatever. It was really, really ahead of its time. And quite amazingly, in the BBC, the BBC report of this, the intro is basically about, it's amazing this, they've got the internet now. And the <laughs> intro is, the internet has an answer for many things. A cheaper car, a last-minute flight, or a match-winning superhero, nice. <laughs> I, uh, which I absolutely love. So yeah, I think that I think the technological details of the Sando signing make it. I for me, I he was the first name on my team sheet, even ahead of Wayne Shaw. Yeah, the Sando story edges him ahead of um, Leeds' favourite Jermaine Beckford, Charlie, who does, mm, who to yeah, me yeah, doesn't yeah. quite have the uh, the texture to his FA Cup story, so we can't have him. Is it a bit too old manny to go Keith Houchin? He's very FA Cup, Charlie. The only thing with that is, are we then two eighty-seven Cup final oh, focused? Yeah. Is that a bit yeah. of a bit of an overlap? Given we've got this kind of rich tapestry mm. uh, to pick from, I mean, yeah, you meant Drogba was definitely the sort of modern. I can imagine him on a tweet at that time with the three logos of how many he'd won and how many winning goals he'd scored and a kind of Mister FA Cup. Yeah. Uh, caption. I do wonder, Jack, if we do need we need a striker or we need a player in our team who will get asked whether they watched the FA Cup as a child back home and answers with the story of them all crowding around a TV to watch it. Could Drogba be that man for us? If we need a if we need a striker who a foreign striker, particularly one who's played in, played in cup finals and played well in finals, I think it would have to be him. The only problem is having Drogba and Ashley Cole feels too. Yeah. Mm. Too much of an overlap. So I wonder if there's another. I'm, I'm tempted to stick up for for Woking's Tim Bazaglo here. Mm-hmm. Score of the hat trick against West Brom in a one of the one of the ultimate giant killings back in the day. But neither of you seem particularly enthused. So I'll leave it aside. Who are we Quite left good. with? I, I like the idea of having the kind of lower league mischief maker centre forward as well as Asando up front. So the one guy who I did like was do you remember Matt Reed? Read with an A-R-H-E-A-D, who was he played up front for Lincoln yeah. on their run to the quarterfinals in 2016-17. Oh, yeah. Didn't actually score a goal. <laughs> he didn't actually score a How goal. How many the whole feathers run. did he ruffle to the nearest <laughs> So many. Um, Joey Barton got sent off diving, trying to get Matt Reed sent off. And he, wow. would, he was just like a big, big guy who would throw himself around and run into people and elbow people. Uh, I actually saw him playing a few years after this for Billericay Town. Also inspired the kind of classic sort of FA Cup newspaper story. Uh, Matt Reed has gone from JCB digger mm. maker to FA Cup. Yeah, we, haven't done, battering we, we haven't done part-time jobs here, have we? I know, yeah, mm. I know. This is good. How do you feel about Reedy, about- Charlie? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, always an advocate for any kind of Reedy. I feel sad for Drogba, um, but... It's Matt Reed, though, isn't it? Also, dr- dr- yeah, Drogba... Has probably got you know other accolades to his name. Yeah, he won a he won a Champions League final with the last kick of a penalty shootout. Well, I guess yeah, by the Jack logic um, that we that he himself threw out regarding Ashley Cole. But yeah, Drogba, you would probably think more synonymous with that and the league titles almost. He doesn't really have an FA Cup moment, does he? Well, he's got the one. Yeah, two thousand seven was the first first final at the New Wembley. That that was. You're putting a face. It's a good. It's a good goal. A good goal. First final at the New Wembley, as Charlie correctly says. But is that going in a montage anytime soon? It's not, is it? Not well. Not well. Going to drop an FA Cup Chelsea montage. You mean you mean of a great FA Cup moment montage? No, No, probably not. Matt Reed. It was when the Nets were rubbish at Wembley as well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, uh, they they really hadn't sorted that out. Mm. Um, 
Not that that's Drogba's fault. Yeah, this is a tricky one. Yeah, I feel like I just wonder if I just wonder if Reedy is sort of if, is well known enough. Yeah, it's not a very stellar strike force, is it? Roy Sando and Matt Reed. No, yeah. No, I think it. Who have we got? Let's keep it unsophisticated. Let's keep it magical. Let's keep it Matt Reed. So let's let's examine this team as a whole, uh, just in case we do want to make any last second tweaks. Wayne Shaw in goal, a back four of Gary Charles, Ashley Cole, Gary Mabbott and Arthur Kinnaird. In midfield, Ray Parler, Stanley Matthews, Laurie Sanchez and Ronnie Radford. Up front, Roy Eason-Doe and Matt Reed. A very hearty 11, mm. Jack. Very salt of the earth. They're going to get this job yeah, done. I think, I think we might need a little bit of extra quality off the bench. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we mentioned him before. I wouldn't mind having Trevor Sinclair on the Ooh, bench. Okay. Just scoring, I think, the best FA Cup goal of our lifetimes. Admittedly, a player who, you know, had a good otherwise, you know, a good club career otherwise, went to World Cup. But for me, I mean, you know, ask people what Sinclair's all about. It's all about the the overhead kick. A goal which, frankly, does not get... You know, sometimes you watch old goals from 30 years ago and they're not as good. This goal is absolutely still as I good agree. as it was when you were a kid. It is sensational. I agree. We, we... And also QPR are rubbish in the sorry, QPR are rubbish in the FA Cup. They haven't got beyond the fifth round, I think, mm. for forever. So yeah, for me, it's Trevor Sinclair yeah, we, against Barnsley. Perhaps I'm fairly glossed over him. Listener JLR wrote in and says, Trevor Sinclair for me played in the FA Cup through all four tiers at Blackpool, QPR, West Ham and Man City. And, of course, came on in the 86th minute for Cardiff in his final ever game. Five clubs, four mm. hairstyles, three decades and two goals in 38 games. What more could you want? Our midfield's so strong, though, Charlie. But but Trevor Sinclair on the bench is absolutely fine for me. And like, Drogba on the bench Yeah, well, well we definitely have Drogba on the bench. <laughs> alongside Dave Whelan and uh, Bert Troutman <laughs> as well. Um, <laughs> solid squad. Look forward to seeing them trotting out at Wembley the old Wembley not the new one are we counting the we are counting the Cardiff finals as canon aren't we oh yeah definitely because they were good enough because we've got the parlour yeah, but there is some people don't. Oh no, I think that's quite good to have a to have a. F- yeah, I think the Cardiff finals are fondly regarded, though, aren't they? The Cardiff finals—they were all considered good games. Wasn't it you? Said, was, sorry, wasn't it you, Adam, who the other day said to me the Cardiff finals weren't canon? I because I, I had that argument with somebody, and I think it was I you. I wrote back on it straight away. I wrote back on it straight away because someone correctly pointed out the Gerard final, as we have established, and uh, also every time I every time I think this. I also bear in mind that everyone says that the Millennium Stadium is a really good venue for football. Like it, it's it's better than Wembley in many respects. So it was actually it was also the Michael Owen final. So there's a disproportionate number of uh, interesting finals and good League Cup finals um, as well. Like it had it's got those in its locker too. It had that Mourinho three-two mm. mm. against Liverpool one, didn't it? Yeah, for Chelsea in 2005. Uh, maybe we can have it ahead of New Wembley, but behind Old Wembley. And uh, maybe the Oval as well. Who knows? Uh, referee for this one, unquestionably, Seager Bastard. Referee for the 1878 final. Um, of course, married to Gertrude Bastard. And they had one daughter, Florence Bastard. <laughs> Amazing. Final question for you, Jack Pitbrook. If you examine our team again, Wayne Shaw, Gary Charles, Ashley Cole, Gary Mabber, Arthur Kinnaird, Ray Parler, Stanley Matthews, Laurie Sanchez, Ronnie Radford, Roy Eason-Doe or Matt Reed. Which of this team is wearing the lid of the FA Cup as a hat after they've won it? Uh, I think Wayne Shaw and Matt Reed are fighting over it. <laughs> oh, I, th- I think Ray Parler might want to get in on some oh, action yeah. as well. I can imagine Parler drinking whilst having the hat, the thing on his head, he, and sort of larking about. You can't about. have both. You can't have lid as hat and drinking from cup. So should we have Parler drinking from cup? Okay, Parler drinking from and cup. Wayne Shaw yeah. can have the lid as a hat, and uh, the rest of them sort of doing a jig, which is which is which is which is pure FA Cup. The jig, arms pumping alternately 
fists facing upwards. Championé, championé, the simply rhythmical up and down is not FA Cup. That does not count. That's for winning leagues and Champions leagues. leagues. You must not sing championé after you've won the FA Cup. And will Wayne Shaw be, will the having the FA Cup hat on his head, will that be some sort of scandal as well or is that all above board? <laughs> Potential spread bet on him. Yeah, just give it another yeah. layer. Defacing the FA Cup. Thanks to you both for selecting the most cross-sectional FA Cup lineup ever achieved. Thanks, Charlie. See you Thank next you. time for your 100th appearance. Uh, thanks to you, Jack Pitbrook. My pleasure. And uh, thanks to everyone for listening. We'll be back for the adjudication panel on Tuesday. See you later. The Athletic. <laughs>